Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey, everybody, can you feel it? Can you start to feel the excitement, the electricity? Because the Eagles playoff game is getting closer and closer. And now we're going to find out with this Eagles team that rolled through the regular season and compiled all these incredible stats is all about in the second season. We're ready to talk some playoff football on this edition of Gun on One. Sal Palantonio from ESPN. I'm Brandon Graham. Lane Johnson here. This is the magnificent DJ Jazzy Jeffy. This is Donovan McNabb. This is Chris Long. This is Mark Sumat, the TV voice of the 76ers on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Seagulls Hall of Fame quarterback Ron Jaworski. Hello, I'm Jay Wright, head coach of Villanova Basketball. Hey, I'm Brian Westbrook, and you're listening to the Gun On One podcast. And what's happening? This is your blessed boy, Brian Dawkins, Hall of Famer, and you're locked in to Gun On One. You are locked in to the Gun On One. Gun On One. Gun On One. You are locked on to Gun On One. I've been on the air for 25 years, but I could not wait to be on Gun On One with my man, Derek Gump. ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi telling you to stay locked on to Gun On One. It is a number one seed. Hey, we welcome you back to this edition of Gun On One. It is powered by the Jacob Sports Media YouTube machine. I'm Derek Gunn. And of course, uh, the Eagles. Well-rested Eagles, I might add. First round bye. Got some bodies healed up. The quarterback, from what we're being told, is good to go. So for this playoff edition, I brought in a guy I've known a long time, a guy I consider a friend as well as a colleague. He is the Jeff McClain, the Eagles beat writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer and, of course, Inquirer.com. Jeff, how you been, my man? Gunner, what's up? Long time to talk. I know, man. It's been a while. And I have to ask you this because I love asking people in our business this question periodically. And you've been doing this a long time. So I have to ask you this to start. When, when, you're, when you're preparing for a big game, and I mean writing or broadcasting or whatever, whatever the case may be, at what point of a week do you just get tired of writing about what's to come and talking about what's to come? 
Well, and you know what? In this case, too, you mentioned the bye week. So you got yep. two weeks of talking about the same, you know, obviously not the same opponent because we didn't yep. find out until Sunday that the Eagles are going to play the Giants. But you're just kind of waiting for this to happen. Yep. And really, honestly, with this team, and I'm not sure if you felt this way, it seems like we've been waiting for this moment ever since they clinched yes. in early December against the Giants. And I almost felt like – and I think there was a player who kind of mentioned that after the game – um, you know, after the season when they kind of had that little slide, they obviously got the number one seed. So at that point he mm-hmm. could say, yeah, I felt like, you know, there was a lull uh, in the locker room or at least in terms of how we performed on the field in those last four games because we clinched it. We felt like a one a number one seed was a, was a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. um, and ended up not being the case until the final game. You had to bring a less than 100% Jalen Hurts pretty much uh, back a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. So it feels like with this team, we've just been waiting for this moment for so long. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to kind of – I think I got one I got one more story to write tomorrow, and then I'm, I'm ready to go. And the next thing I have to write about will be about the actual game. All right, so so I got to ask you this, then. Let's start with the mass unit reports because that's all everybody yeah. wants to talk about is Jalen Hurts. Now, you're there every day. From what you've been able to see, and obviously – it's on a limited basis because teams are so secretive. They're not going to give a whole lot away. But but from what you've been able to see, uh, people you talk to in the locker room, in the organization, your thoughts on where Jalen Hurts is right now physically? You know, I don't think he's 100%. But okay. I think in terms of what the playbook will allow, he's 100%, meaning that they're going to do everything. They're not going to hold back on the plus one run plays in which he's involved, the zone reads, the RPOs. You know, if they have to sneak them, they're going to sneak them. If they have to call a draw and they feel it's something that's going to score big against the Giants, they're going to call it. So that's, to me, the main thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's he's a lot better than he was two weeks ago. Uh, He did not throw last week on the Thursday practice he went to. Friday he threw a little bit more. Now, we don't see, as you know, all of practice on – Wednesday, excuse me, Tuesday was a walkthrough, so we can't go at all. And then on and then on Wednesday and Thursday, we can just go to the individual part. But he seemed fine. He was doing pretty much everything that you'd expect him to do. The arm seemed fine. Is that anywhere close to what, you know, how he'll need to throw, how, how he'll need to be on Saturday in terms of throwing the ball? Even when they have these simulated scrimmages or they have mm-hmm. kind of competitive periods, it's not the same as being out there and playing. So – um, yeah, there's a little bit of concern about how, you know, to me, people are more concerned about, I'm concerned about if you're the Eagles, you're concerned about him getting hit on that shoulder and hurting yep. himself and hurting himself, et cetera. Yes, absolutely. But there has to be as much concern about how he's going to throw it with the shoulder. If he can't throw it the way he had prior to the injury, then that's an issue. Isn't that somewhat of a red flag though? Because you said he didn't throw last Thursday. He threw on a limited basis on a Friday. But when you consider they kept him out of two games and the time frame from which he injured that sh- injured that shoulder to where he is right now, and, and and you like I said, I respect your opinion a hundred percent. You're there every day, um, and you mentioned the word concern. Now, obviously, they've got to test it thoroughly to find out what he can and cannot do if 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 there are any limitations. But th- is that a bigger concern maybe than we're thinking about here with this guy? Um, I mean, here's why I'll say it's a concern and why okay. I use the word concern, because again, the last time we saw him was in the game against the Giants. Yep. They admitted after the game, he admitted after the game, how much pain he had played through and how sore he was even afterwards. So 
look, they put it right out there. Now, I don't know, were they trying to – was that gamesmanship in terms of making the Giants or whoever they were going to play think that this guy is not going to be near 100%? No, I don't think so because it happened right after the game. So that's exactly. why I have some concern. And the other concern is what I've, I've heard. Yeah, I mean, this is probably – is he going to be 100%? No. From my understanding, mm. he's not going to be 100%. Um, you're going to be able to run the game plan. Uh, you're going to be able to go as deep as you want into the playbook, mm-hmm. but – that doesn't mean it's going to be the Jalen Hurts again in terms of how he threw the ball pre-injury and how he ran the ball pre-injury. So, yes, that's where mm. the concern is. Jalen Hurts, because if you remember in that the game back against season finale against the Giants, yep. you were pretty well in the first half. A couple of those were, were jump balls that, that A.J. won. Second half, <clears throat> 7 of 18 for 87 yards and an interception. Now, the interception wasn't about the throw. It was more about a bad decision that he made. Yep. But some of the other throws were leaky. So we've yet to really see him throw it the way he was throwing it prior to the injury in Chicago. Okay, man, I can't wait to see which which Jalen Hurts shows up on the field on Saturday night. All right, what about Lane Johnson? Uh, Lane Johnson. All right, we know he's going to have the surgery when the season is all said and done. I think this dude is as tough as anybody who plays in the National Football League. 85% of Lane Johnson is better than the other option on the right side of the field. Um, From what you've seen of Lane Johnson, is 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 he good enough? You know, is he where he should be at this stage, considering the type of injury he has? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Gunner. Eighty-five yeah. percent of Lane is probably better than most right tackles in the league, yep. let alone on yep. his own team. So, you know, because he allows the Eagles to put him out there on the island, they don't have to worry about chipping, sending another player out there to help him and pass pro, and Jalen doesn't have to worry about that. You know. Most for the most part, yeah, there'll be a couple yeah. pressures here and there. So having Lane in there, just in there, is fine. But your question is: Is he going to be yeah. the, the Lane that we know? He's got something. He had to miss two games because of it. Yep. Torn groin or abdomen or abductor, or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That's going to need surgery. Now that's in talking to people uh, that know a little bit about that mm-hmm. injury, and also the playing on it you know you and i know if you play in the offensive line you're using your core a lot yes so there's going to be pain as you said lane i mean we know what lane has played through i you know you and i probably know more than what a lot of people know because he's so he doesn't want to talk about it a lot no um so i'm not going to put that out there but lane plays through a lot and he'll be able to play through this and he'll still he'll still be I think effective enough and maybe they'll have to do a couple of things that normally they wouldn't do to help him out. But yeah, it's, it's certainly a little bit of a concern. It's concern number two for me in terms of the injuries heading into this game. Obviously uh, Avante Maddox won't play in this game, but I, I saw various reports. He's at least out there on the field, getting some kind of workout in. What's your best guesstimate for his return? Uh, do you think we'll even see him again this season? I think that was the reason why the Eagles didn't place them on IR because they they, okay. they they kept them on the roster, the fifty three man roster for a reason. So they probably they they're estimating there's a chance that he can return. Yep. I guess worst case scenario for the Super Bowl, maybe there's a possibility next week. He didn't practice all week, um, wasn't doing anything. That doesn't mean he can't come back and be ready for the NFC Championship if they get there. But my guess is he'll pro- it'll probably be one of those things touch and go next week, game time decision, and then you got the two weeks in between the Super Bowl. They probably believe that he'll be he could he could play by then. You know, 
set aside all the the individual stats and collective stats this team put together this year, the fact that they're as healthy as they are compared to other teams in the NFL, I think that's phenomenal. I, I'm just sitting here shocked that this team is the healthiest team, a team that, that compiled one of the best records in the league, a team that racked up all these unbelievable stats, that they're as healthy as they are. Doesn't that seem a little out of the norm for you for a team that's that at this stage of a season? Yeah, and you know, I remember talking with you before um, yeah. about this and how the Eagles had kind of changed everything in terms of how they handle practices, how they handle uh, the soft tissue injuries and bringing guys back. And, you know, something is working because, as you, as you mentioned, they're probably the healthiest team, even though we talked about three of the guys, key guys that have been hurt. And there have been a few more injuries down the stretch. You know, C.J. Garner-Johnson missed five games. Dallas Goddard missed five mm-hmm. games. Those are key players. But if you look, you have to look at the rest of the league, and those teams have a lot more of guys on the infirmary than the Eagles have had. And again, at this point in the season, and yeah, I mean, credit to Howie Roseman and the medical staff that he's uh, put together, and the adjustments they've made to the practice schedule. They don't ever practice really on Wednesdays anymore. Wednesdays when the game is on Sunday. and these guys are fresh. They're ready to go. And that's a, that's a key component when you think about playing into January. And 2017, a team that won the Super Bowl, we yeah. know how many guys were missing at the end of that season. No now, they, were, they, were, they didn't have as many adjusted games lost to injury as they did in 2018, 19, 20. That's when the injury issue became a major problem for this organization. That's when they had to kind of change. They were going through the process of changing things, but there were a lot of bumps in that road. Mm-hmm. That team was missing far more guys that were instrumental to their success prior. So just comparing it to that, this team is in a better spot. You know, so here we are closing in on round three between the Eagles and the Giants. And I have to ask ask you this, going into a game like this between two opponents that know each other very well, which would you prefer a well-rested team like the Eagles or a team that's, that's got that momentum going right now, like the Giants are coming in on a short week for sure, but they got that momentum. They got their revenge against the Vikings and, and right now, you know, these I, I call them the junkyard dogs because they're not overly talented when you look at names, but they're still standing and they're coming here with the same mindset. Hey, we beat the Vikings. We got a good shot to do the same thing in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, you know, moment, momentum in the NFL is a real thing. Yeah. That being said, you want that first round bye. Like you don't want to have to play that game. And the Eagles not only were able to rest guys, they were able to kind of spend more time in terms of game planning. Mm-hmm. The Giants are going to have one less day than they normally do mm-hmm. to turn around before another game. And so if you're just asking me strictly about that, now, clearly you want to have the, the, you know, the buy. Yeah. Maybe they are a little sluggish coming out because you haven't played in a little while. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's that, that narrative is sometimes overblown. Uh, the Eagles are where they want to be. You want to be the number one seed. All right. Since they ran uh, all over the Giants uh, back in week 14 for 253 yards, a running game, has been been lacking something. Um, they struggled against Chicago, uh, against New Orleans, against Dallas. I throw that last Giants game out the window because it was the Eagles front runners playing the JV squad. Um, have you noticed any kinks in the armor in terms of their running game? I mean, a, a running game that's basically spoiled us for most of this season. Well, I mean, the me, the main component that was missing was was Jalen Hurts. Certainly in Dallas, certainly against the Saints, and yeah. re- you know for 
part of the the Chicago game. If you're going to tell me, okay, Jalen was playing that game, they ran him a lot. He was he was involved. The Chicago Chicago really sold out to stop him, stop that yeah. run game, and stop him, and that's why they had so much success in the air. That's why they kept throwing the ball because they were crowding the box to stop Jalen. Um, so that's been the key to this offense all year. I mean, it's really Jalen's plus one factor. If if he's effective running the ball then Miles Sanders is effective running the ball because there's not as many guys keyed on him. Yeah. If they have if they're for, if they're successful running the ball on the ground, then teams have to do more to stop the ball, stop the ground game, and yeah. therefore the Eagles can pass the ball and they have the passing weapons to do so because advantages on the outside, advantages in the middle with Dallas Goddard and also with Jalen Hurts and the way that he has thrown the ball this year. So that's that's been the key and that was the major point, the major part to me that was missing against the Cowboys against the Saints, and then mm-hmm. also against the Giants in the last game because they didn't. Jalen didn't have any calls that were designed for him. Right. But that was you know mm-hmm. that's why that's why they didn't run him well in those three games for the most part. Miles had a little knee thing that was bothering him as well, and then you're also missing Lane. So those three components played a factor in the run game not being as successful. In a game like this, does Miles need to test the ball more than 17, 18 times a game, which is about his average for the most part? Um. I think it depends. Um, it depends how the game plays out, right? I, I don't think – again, I'm not a huge, like, run the ball early guy, whatever it is. I mean, okay. sure, if they're playing you a certain way, then, yeah, you'll, you'll run it – you'll play it that way. But I think they're going to – I think they're going to come out throwing it. Uh, I think they're going to come out and establish Jalen in the run game a few times. Miles mm-hmm. will get a few carries there. And then they want to play from ahead. And then if they play from ahead, that's when you'll see Miles getting more carries. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a thing where they're just going to – you know, hand it off to Miles, hand, you know, get Jalen under center, hand it off to Miles and, and four four yards in a cloud of dust. No, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. And I know people have uh, problems with that. But for the most part, the way that when they've – the offense they, as they've run it has been very successful this year. Man, don't tell me the Eagles are going to come out throwing the ball out of the gate. I mean, I mean, seriously, we've seen that in recent games. It's been like three and outs, three and outs, couple of sacks. And now the Giants have a Dory Jackson back in the back end of the defense. Xavier McKinney's back yeah. to them as well. Yeah. Please tell me, please tell me they're not going to come out throwing the football. I think they're going to favor throwing the football. Yeah. I mean, there'll ah. be RPOs. I mean, there'll be read, there'll be read yeah. option plays in there for, for Jalen. You know, maybe they'll hand it off. You know, those RPOs, the Eagles have been the most successful team in the NFL yeah. running RPOs. So it depends how he reads it. If they're if they're going to try and take away the run, then he's going to throw it. You know, I mean, and if they're going to try and take him away, then maybe he'll hand it off to Miles. Um, there there may be a few, you know, Miles straight ahead hand off to him runs thrown in there, but they're going to play the way the defense is going to play them, and it'll be interesting interesting to see how the Giants do so. Um, you know, I mean, we all know Wink Martindale loves the blitz. Yep, he didn't do it last week against. The Vikings, nope. but I think he's still going to do it against Philly. Ooh. And you blitz, that's fine and all, but mm. you can die. You can you you may live by the blitz, or you you can die by the blitz as well. And if the Eagles have the right answers against the blitz, they could really and they did in that first game against the Giants, and they killed them down the field with Devontae Smith and AJ Brown against cover one on the outside. If he if he goes blitz heavy, and the Eagles have the answers, mm-hmm. I mean it could be it could be as to me the same result in terms of what the Eagles do offensively in points and yards. Well, the Giants are a lot healthier defensively than they were the first time the Eagles saw them week number 14. 
Um, but, but I look at what the Vikings... T- you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And TJ Hawkinson did against them. I think this could be a huge game for Dallas Goddard. Right. Dallas didn't play night, and Dallas didn't play in that game. Exactly. I think this could be huge for the tight ends in this game. I I wrote that. I just wrote that today, Gunnar. You and I are on the same. Yeah. Right. right. I know, man. Yeah. So uh, Xavier McKinney's back and uh, Adore Jackson's back. Mm -hmm. Um, But I still feel like they have advantages in in that secondary. The Eagles against almost any team, but I think against the Giants. The Giants will also have Leonard Williams back. He didn't play in that first game, and you mm-hmm. pair him up with Dexter Lawrence. That's a formidable twosome inside. Um, Eagles have a good offensive line, though. I think they'll be able to kind of offset a little bit of their effectiveness, and I agree with you. I mean, look, Jalen has really got, leaned heavy on his receivers. Yeah. There was a period there where maybe it was they were, they, oh, we got to get the ball more to Dallas, and they were doing so, but – this screams Dallas Goddard. Mm. At least 10 uh, targets, eight catches, 100 yards. You know, like I, I just feel like there's an opportunity really there in the middle of the field. I see I see this dude, Daniel Jones, now. And he he didn't do it a lot of the season, but he ran the ball so effectively against Minnesota. And that was huge in terms of them loosening yeah. up an already porous Vikings defense. And this Eagles pass rush has been so fierce all season. Do the Eagles have to be more disciplined in terms of how they attack Daniel Jones? Um, you can not just just rushing to rush at him, but be more disciplined, maybe rushing to a point than stopping to try to keep him in a corral more so than all out just coming after him. Yeah, because you know, again, like Jalen Hurts, there's a plus one factor. Now he's not as dynamic yeah. on the ground as, as Jalen, yeah, and, and doesn't break as many tackles, but he can get you, he can get you five, six, seven, eight yards uh, if he keeps it. 
and you know the Eagles, you know, practiced against it, so they know what's going to happen if he if he, yeah. they run their zone replays. But with Saquon Barkley, a healthy yeah. Saquon Barkley, because yeah. that's another uh, another factor that you need to point out in terms of the first game. Saquon played, but he wasn't yeah. the say he was hurt. He was coming off an injury, and it was touch and go whether he was going to play in that game. He ended up playing, but they really, as you mentioned. Uh, to use your word, corralled um, him in that game. Yeah, and yeah. Daniel Jones, they never really had an opportunity to run it. I think they ran a zone replay once or twice, and the Eagles are right there on top of it. But yeah, you, you know, can you know, it does restrict you in terms of p- pinning your years back because you got to be, you got to account for that that quarterback. Yeah. And he knows how to run it. I mean, he knows how to get again enough yards when he needs to, and he knows how to scramble if the Eagles are going to play deep zones, yeah. right? If they're going to play deep zones and they're not looking back, he's going to run and take off. And take off for first downs. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Saquon because tell me if this is strange or not. Now we know he's a phenomenal runner. He's healthier this year than he has been the last couple of years. He only had nine carries against Minnesota, but he busted him for a 28 yard touchdown run. I'm more concerned about Saquon floating out of the backfield in one on one situations than I am him running the football in open space because as good of a runner as he is. That dude is lethal in open space when he's catching passes on those short crossing routes um, in, in, in shallow coverage. That was a big part of the the Vikings. All uh, excuse me, the Giants win over the Vikings because yeah. I think he had like five catches for like yep. six yards, and each one was coming at ten to twelve yards a clip. And it was every time they played deep zone, they take away the receivers. Daniel Jones would just dumped it to Saquon, and he'd pick up a first down. So that is an area that the Eagles are going to need to be really uh, conscious of. Um, yeah, I mean the guy can run it. We all know that. Um, the question is, you know, how often is Jonathan Gannon going to use that five-man front? If he uses it a lot, mm-hmm. um, that can keep him in check, but then that leaves you a little bit light on the back end. So it's going to be kind of a, a give and take in numbers in terms of how Jan- Jonathan wants to play it. But, uh, yeah, Saquon as a receiver uh, can burn you, especially when really, honestly, you look at that offensive side of the ball in terms of yep. their skill position players. They don't have a lot, of, like, a lot of guys that really kind of mm-hmm. scare you. And that's why when I look – at how well Jan- Daniel Jan- Jones and that offense performed against the Vikings, that's not a really great defense. And the mm-hmm. Eagles have a very good defense. They have a really good pass rush. They have good cornerbacks. Um, they have now they have CJ Gardner Johnson playing both in the slot. Um, they seem okay at safety. I, I, yeah. I'm always a little bit worried about their safety spot, especially now that CJ's play- playing more in the slot. So that could be an area where the Giants may have um, an opportunity to push the ball down the field. But this is a better defense than the one uh, the Giants played last week. No question. Um, I go back to that Saints game, and I look at how methodical they were offensively in terms of controlling the clock and keeping that Eagles offense off the field, even though Jalen Hurts didn't play in that game. Uh, Saints held the ball for 37 minutes, you know, and, and it worked to their favor. Do you see the Giants trying to take a similar approach because they don't have the firepower that the Eagles do? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, you just mentioned what the Saints did. That Washington did it with success yep. as well. And and Gannon's willing to kind of he wants them. He wants teams to run the ball. To him, that's a win because there's no chance of an explosive play through yep. the air. You're going to get more explosive plays through the air than on the ground. And then teams typically aren't that patient. They're not going to wait it out. But we also we saw the Giants do that last week. They had twelve yard, uh, twelve play drive. I think they had an eighteen play or twenty play drive. Mm-hmm. I think at one point mm-hmm. they had long drives. So they're willing to play it that way. So 
it's it's on Jonathan Gannon to he's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna have to be a little more aggressive, I think, in terms of stopping that run because you don't want to get in a situation where you're keeping that offense, the Eagles offense, off the field again and allowing the Giants to kind of you know shorten the game basically yep. for them because that gives the Eagles less possession, gives them uh, you know that's what you want because the Eagles have a much more explosive offense. So. Um, I think Jonathan's got to do a little bit more to stop the run. I don't know, Jeff. Do, do you trust Gannon? Because every time and, – and, again, his defense has put up incredible numbers. They are awesome defense. But do you trust him? Because a lot of times I sit back going, what's he doing here? You know, why are his guys playing 7 to 10 yards off the ball? Why are they calling this at this particular time? It's easy for us as lounge chair quarterbacks to sit back and, and make these observations, but – you have a better feel for it because you're there. Do, do you thoroughly trust Jonathan Gannon? Um, I, you know, I almost don't trust any defensive coordinator nowadays in the NFL because it's, <laughs> it's, tough, it's a tough job against these quarterbacks and the way everything uh, steered towards the offense. So, like, I watch – I look at it from a diff, different perspective because I see – and, you, and, yeah, I'm sure you do. When you when you yeah. watch another game, you're like, oh, you know, what's this def- defensive coordinator doing? You know, like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Gannon is better than this guy. Um, so, that's the, you know, that's the way I look at it. Uh, it's just you're not going to have the days of like Buddy Ryan and Bust Bud Carson because defenses were allowed to do so much more than they could hit the quarterbacks, they could grab guys, uh, grab receivers. You just can't do that as much anymore, and it's just kind of a, a game you have to play just to kind of keep things in front of you, especially when you have a really good offense that you know is going to score points. Yep. And that's basically what this that's what this team's about. This is an offensive team, and Jonathan is playing his defense to suit the Eagles' offense. Okay. That's what they want, right? Okay. Okay. And and it's been effective this year. Yeah. Do do I think those numbers are a little bit um, that they lie a little bit in terms of fit, you know making it seem like it's better than? Yeah, I do think that's the case because I think the offense okay. plays a plays a, a big role in how effective that defense has been. But Jonathan's just doing what Nick wants in terms of hey, if we get ahead, we're gonna play off. Right, we don't want to give up the big plays. We don't want to allow them back in the in the games. Yeah. Um, my issues with Jonathan on occasion, it's not scheme. No scheme is perfect. Right. You know, the scheme is not the problem. You may not like the way it looks aesthetically. I get that, but it's a scheme that a lot of guys in this league run. Vic Fangio, when he runs it, it looks extremely aggressive. Yeah. It's it's to me sometimes John has bad calls or he doesn't when things start to get stale. He doesn't mix things up a little bit, and that 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 to me is sometimes. Uh, his issue and it I don't think it's going to hurt him against the Giants and Daniel Jones but the issue is then as you move forward against the big guns and then if you get to the Super Bowl and look at, at that point all bets are off but and, yep. and when you're you know, Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen any defensive coordinator is going to look bad trying to stop him but he's yet to have that signature kind of game I, aside from the Minnesota game that was his best game earlier in the year I know Kirk Cousins isn't what you'd call like an elite quarterback but he's a really good quarterback and they yep. shut down Justin Jefferson they had a gun game plan that was effective that totally t- t- took him out of the game and the, that defense really really uh, corralled that, that offense so to me I'm just but I'm still waiting for Jonathan to kind of say okay I've divided a game plan to take this person 
great quarterback out, and he's yet to kind of deliver that yet. Let's go to the other coordinator because you touched on something earlier, and and I had made notes of this, and I've been talking about it on our show Sports Take that we do uh, daily, is the fact that I was shocked Wink Martindale called off the blitz against the Vikings. You know, for a guy who blitzes 42% of the time, basically they decided to drop more people back in coverage because they are healthier. You Like you said, you got Leonard Williams back, Adore Jackson, Xavier McKinney. You said in, earlier that you felt that he was going to come after Jalen Hurts. I do. I agree with you, but I would not be shocked if he decided it's better to flood the zones and try to keep the likes of A.J. Brown and Devontae uh, Smith and, and Dallas Goddard and those guys in front of them more so than being that riverboat gambler trying to disrupt Jalen to, to get rid of the ball a lot quicker than he wants to. I, it, it's such an intriguing scenario in terms of what exactly is this Wink Martindale guy going to do? I think part of the reason why he played that way against Cousins is Cousins is a renowned check down guy. He won't push it okay. a lot of times. Okay. They're like, okay, we'll take that. We'll just tackle you. Um, Jalen hasn't been that guy. The blitz, when they tried to blitz Jalen in uh, the first game, it just it didn't work. Um, and then after, after that, all you know, all bets were off. He, he yeah, just killed yeah. Second game, I mean, they blitzed the crap out of him 67% of the time, especially when they figured out that they, he wasn't going to run the ball. Right. Uh, and he struggled, especially the more the game, the, the more the game went on. Right. So I, I think he's going to go back to that. It's his bread and butter. Uh, Jalen's had kind of up and down, um, mixed results against the blitz this year yep. kind of struggled for a stretch there. If you recall the Cardinals game, they kind of seemed to ha- have a key on him, but yep. then they figured out things and he was doing great against the blitz. And then there, and then there, there was a little bit of a lull um, at certain points. And then clearly in this last game, but that wasn't the Jalen hurts that we know there was no plus one factor in it. They couldn't really do a lot and really restricted them in terms of what kind of variety they were bringing to the offense. Mm. So I just think Wink's going to try and throw it at him until it doesn't work. And then if it doesn't work, then I'll, then I'll go back to whatever, you know, go to something, something different. But the issue with, with that is, and, and I agree with you. I mean, you have to be wary of those guys down the field. If you, if you blitz too much, you're leaving your, your corners alone. Yeah, with no yeah. help over the top. And we all know AJ Brown's going to win a bunch of them. And so is Devontae Smith. You know, uh, when I look at a Brian Dayball offense, uh, especially now, He's doing a lot of the same things he did with Buffalo with a lot more talent in Buffalo. He's like, he's a gadget guy. He likes these plays of deception. He likes these misdirection plays. You know, uh, we, I was talking to Jordan Renan, who we know, you know, who worked in Philadelphia. Now he's covering the giants up in New York. And he was talking about how shocked he was in terms of how many gadget plays that Debo threw at the uh, Vikings defense. You know, you always have to prepare for the unknown, but this is a guy who's had a good measure of success with, with these gadget plays. And do you think he'll throw the, he'll throw the kitchen sink at this Eagles defense? Because the Eagles defense, there's very few flaws in that defense. Yeah, you tend, sometimes you tend to see that um, in, in the postseason from some teams. But sometimes I feel like that's like act of desperation. Okay. If you look at the Eagles offense, have they really run any what you'd call trick plays? Really. They haven't had to. No. But they don't need to because they're scoring. They're putting up 400 yards and 30 points a game. So um, I think with, when you're looking at the Giants, though, they have to because they don't have uh, much in terms of the in terms of rece- receivers. Right. It ends. So we got to mix things up. And um, yeah, I would imagine that he does a little more of that uh, against the Eagles, and they have to be prepared for that. And um, look, those types of plays can call them whatever you want to call them. You know, the Eagles may have won a Super Bowl because of trick play. I mean, so that's. Mm. Um, you gotta be prepared for them, and they're still part of the game. They're still part of the uh, 
the game. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I agree with you. Darius Slay, um, a lot of people have talked about how it appears he's tailed off in the last six, seven games. You have a chance to talk to him on a regular basis. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys have asked him that question. Do you agree or disagree with that, number one? And number two, how does he respond to that criticism? I mean, I think it's fair to, to look at the numbers and then maybe, you know, anecdotally some of the some of the pl- plays that he's given up down the field and say, okay, this isn't the Darius Slay we saw at the beginning of the season. He was he was pretty much dominant. So I think that's fair to say. I'm not really worried about him, um, especially in this game. I don't think that there's a guy that that he that is really going to get the better of him. No. Um, the fact that some of those catches that he gave up came against guys that just weren't super duper great. That was a little bit of a concern to me. Um, they, were, they were in man coverage. I think sometimes people who watch the, the games at home don't really understand sure. what called and what he's required to do. I mean, obviously that third and 30 play, people blamed him for it. I, I don't know what they expected him to do, what not run the play that as called. Um, so I, I don't make a big deal about it. Slay's a pretty prideful guy. Um, I think he's really good at what he does. You know, is he a lockdown type of – follow receiver or top guy anymore. No, he's, he's not that, but you have James Bradbury on the other side. You don't really need him to be that guy. Right. And, um, and I think in this game, certainly you don't need him to be that guy. Now that CJ's back, you like how they used him the last game where they're dropping him down to play that slot corner. And obviously they have a lot of trust in it. Reed Blankenship on the backside. Yeah. Um, CJ looked great in that last game. I thought yeah, he looked he did. physical as he did all season. It might've been his best game. He was tackling great. That's a position he's played for many, many years. He knows it well. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I expect them to go back to Avante Maddox when he gets healthy, but yeah. you no, know, because again, Reed's fine, but you, you know, he's a young kid. I mean, you can definitely exploit him in the back if you want to. And I think having CJ and Marcus back there makes more sense mm-hmm. uh, than, than Reed and Marcus. Cause Marcus is sometimes susceptible as well. But um I mean, yes, I think when CJ's a slot, he's one of the best slots in the NFL. Mm. All right, final question to you because I've taken up enough of your time. How do you see this game playing itself out? Yeah, you know, I know there's this narrative out there that the Giants are coming in with momentum and that, uh, you know, the way they played in the season finale against the Eagles, the way the Eagles have played in the last four games, that this is, you know, a real uh, test for the Eagles. And and certainly there there are reasons to – that we've mentioned several times to think that the giants have a better shot than they did in early December. The fact they got two of the guys back from the secondary, the fact that they got Leonard Williams back, the fact yeah. that Saquon Barkley looks like he's closer to hundred percent, but I think the Eagles too have things in their favor as well. They didn't have Dallas Goddard in that first game. And the key thing in terms of looking at the regression is that Jalen hurts just was not either playing or, or being Jalen hurts. That is the key uh, factor here. If he's close to the Jalen Hurts that we that we know, I think the Eagles win comfortably. Okay. Um, more than 10. I think they cover. Woo! If, if Jalen isn't, and I think that's probably why you've seen the number dip. Was it eight and a half? Now seven and a half. Like at one point it was seven. Yeah. So I think it's really seven know. and a half right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they know what he is. And, and quite frankly, I don't. A lot of us don't know. But from what I'm hearing, they expect him to be good enough for them to run the playbook full. Yeah. So if you got Jalen Hurts running the ball and he's able to be get freaky as he likes to say, yeah, I like the Eagles, and I like the right. Okay, uh, hey man, I always appreciate your insight and your honesty. 
Uh, thank you for taking the time to be on Gun on One, man. Always appreciate and appreciate your perspectives. Absolutely. Anytime, Gunner. All right. That's going to wrap up this edition of uh, Gun on One. It is powered by the Jacob Sports Media YouTube machine for my man, my friend, my colleague, Jeff McClain. Hey, read his stuff, Philadelphia Inquirer, inquirer.com. I've known him for a long time. I read his stuff every chance I get. Uh, one of the most insightful people that you could possibly follow when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. So until next time, what I tell you each and every week, hey, stay blessed out there, but more importantly, be a blessing to each, in person, each and every person you encounter daily. So long, everybody. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.